the Artrepreneur Podcast, where every week we talk about how you can bring your creative dreams to life. My name is Cole. My name's Adam. And this week we are talking about order. <laughs> yes, we are. Not in the law and order sense, more in the order that you do things. Uh, Sequence. It's not order in the court, you know. It, it is sequential order. Uh, because when you're building an art career, there is a whole world in front of you of options, of things to do first. Hmm. So I want to talk about what I think are three good steps to kind of start working towards building that career. And the reason that I was inspired to actually come up with this topic is because I saw a quote from a painter that I like whose name is Andy Dixon. And you should totally check out his work. Uh, but it is as follows. You won't get respect for work you haven't done yet. Put in the work first and everything else will come later. And so I saw that quote and I was thinking, yeah, everything else will come later, uh, but will come kind of makes it seem like you're not doing anything. You're not the one doing it. So I was thinking, what does that look like? What are those next steps for the things that will come that you have to kind of make happen? Okay. So that got me thinking, what are those steps? So, Beautiful, beautiful exercise in color. Andy Dixon's art. Oh, I'm looking you're at it, it here yeah, now. Yeah, good. he likes pinks and saturated colors and purples, kind of pastelly palette. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, and right now he's doing a series actually of portraits or pictures of his paintings that he sold in the homes that they ended up in. Oh, so nice. he's like painting like a still life of his painting with the rest of the house too. It's pretty okay. cool. Check it out. But anyway, so as far as order for those things that will come, these are kind of the next three steps that I thought of. So number one, explore lots of artistic options quickly. So when you're first starting out, the world is your oyster. You don't have a style that you've spent years establishing. You don't have a medium that you've kind of become the person for. You don't have a big body of work behind you. But this can be a good thing because you can explore a lot of options to see what works for you. You don't have a backlog of projects that you're slogging through because you're behind. You don't have deadlines. You don't have a huge audience. You don't have a lot of expectations. So use that time to experiment and to ultimately develop your voice as an artist, your style, and to choose your medium. There's no rule that you have to commit to just one type of art. So this is a great time to decide what type of artist you want to become and what type of career you want to build toward. And it's interesting because you might discover that you're actually proficient in lots of different mediums or different expressions of art. And then comes the next step, which is parsing it back down. But along the way, we learn a lot of really great skills, a lot of interesting points of view, because I think different art forms allow us to approach subjects from different points of view. Uh, and then ultimately, we come to the other side of that vastness of experience with a very unique perspective and set of skills that allows us to create something unique and original. Yeah, so don't box yourself in just based on the first style or the first medium or whatever it is that you feel like you have a knack for. A lot of people do kind of lock themselves into the first thing that gets them some attention or the first thing that they feel good at. But you can take that early part of your career and use that to experiment. Yeah. So that's number one. You can also do that at any time. That's like true. Like if you're getting bored, do it then. 
That's very true, but when you're first starting out, great time. Good, to get o- it. good opportunity. Yep. Number two, get your work in order before you start promoting. So we talk about work you haven't done yet. Well, when you first start out, you haven't done a lot of work yet. So, like, just as an example, when I first started producing, I was going really hard trying to get clients at the very beginning. And maybe my work wasn't as professional sounding as I thought it was, or maybe as it should have been at the time for the level of promoting that I was doing. So a lesson that I learned from that is that it's okay to take a little more time to produce some projects for your friends or to just make some more personal artwork before you go out there and try to sell because first impressions are hard to shake. Now, what that doesn't mean is keep your art a secret until you think that it's perfect. But because uh, that will put you behind the eight ball when it comes to things like building an audience. But what it does mean is to not try to promote your professional services until your art is at a level where you can be comfortable charging money for it. So I think what, you, what you're kind of saying is feel free to begin building an audience. Take them on the journey of your own personal growth. Feel free to be open and, sh- and sharing your process. Um, and that way you're bringing people along on this journey with you, which can be very valuable, but be honest about what you are because people also love to see someone going through an honest process. Right. And people are going to think about you differently as an artist when you add some very key phrases. So like, for example, I've seen people get an iPad and get procreate and start drawing and they're making some interesting stuff. And then the next week commissions are open and you're like, okay, well, you know, (laughs) you've had the iPad for a week. So maybe kind of give it some time and kind of develop a style and figure out what should this look like before I start trying to do commissions, things like that. And it does kind of change your perspective on someone else's art when they start putting a price tag on it. Mm -hmm. So just be aware of that. And in a similar vein, Uh, Making connections and getting, you know, business cards made and a website and all that kind of stuff is going to be way easier when you've put in just a few more weeks or months or years or whatever it is. It's going to feel a lot easier to do that kind of uh, business startup stuff when you've established a style. Hmm. Like if I had to make a business card for myself now it would take me 10 minutes because I would know exactly what it should look like because it should look like the art that I make. Yeah. But if you aren't making the art, then you're going to sit there and look at this empty business card forever and you're not going to know what to put or say. Yeah. So kind of working through some of that art stuff is going to make it easier for you to figure out how to package the thing that you're selling that goes around the art. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Um, Recently I was looking for a particular type of artist. I was looking for somebody to do some concept renders for us and I went searching and landed on several websites and it was in several of the cases, somebody had created a website for themselves very early in their uh, concept or illustration career and then hadn't touched it again since. Mm. And so as I Googled around further, I could see that they actually had good work, but they had done what you just said not to do, which is they, they created a website immediately. And that was like their first business, like line of business essentially, or their first like kind of front line of business. And it made me suspect of their art because the website was so bad. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wait, okay, you're working in the visual arts 
and your website looks bad, but I also can tell that you made this like your senior year of of college because probably somebody made you do it. But now it's your presence in the universe. So I do think that there's some value to that of like it, it, at the same time, I would also say it's value for valuable for them to have a website. So it, at least like check back in on it if you do those things early. Yeah, like you wouldn't. It would be weird if Walt Disney gave you his business card and it was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit printed on it instead of Mickey Mouse, and you're mm. like, oh, interesting. And he's like, yeah, I got a thousand of these made, you know, <laughs> a couple of years ago. So once I run out, then I'll get some with Mickey Mouse. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do it in that order. And third of all, once you're starting to feel comfortable moving around this space as an artist, you're going to be looking for opportunities and you're going to be asking for opportunities. And these are two completely different things because there are going to be times where you're talking to people you know and they're going to help you get leads and there's going to be things that you find for yourself. So I want to talk about two different examples, one of each of those. Mm -hmm. So one place that you can start looking for opportunities is a thing called RFPs, which if you don't know what that is, it's requests for proposals. And so there's going to be city governments, counties, developers. There are people that are putting out requests. Hey, we want to put public art out in a space. So whether that's a mural, whether it's performers for events, all kinds of things. And I think a lot of people actually don't know about this or else there would be a lot more applications. So in Orange County, where we are, I get emails like once a month with this big list of all these RFPs of we need a mural on this building. We need someone to come perform at this event. We want someone to put a sculpture in this garden. Like there's all kinds of art that is getting made and people are applying for those as if they're like applying for a job and then they're getting paid like real money to go install that stuff or paint that stuff. Let me give a few thoughts about this. First, um, a lot of RFPs have a lot of the, sim the same or similar information. And so once you do a few of them, you'll see the consistent information that's asked for, uh, and it'll actually help you streamline this process. The second thing I would say about it is it is, although not a ton of people apply for these, although sometimes a ton of people do apply for them, um, it, it is competitive. And it can take a lot of time to do that RFP work. Um, and then it, it takes a while of applying for them before you start understanding how to do it or develop the skill set of how to do it in a way that actually gets you looked at. So it is a process and there is some learning involved. But I do think even if you don't end up being rewarded those projects, there's a lot that's learned uh, about your creative process, about your art, about how you talk about it. And I would say that some those are some of the best benefits of getting into kind of the RFP world is kind of it, it helps you develop language and think through what it is you do and how you do it. And honestly, I feel like we could do a whole episode about those because there is a huge depth of things that we've learned from having to submit RFPs yeah. with our art that we make. So it's definitely something that we should talk more about in a future episode. Okay. But secondarily, another way to get work and look for opportunities and ask for opportunities is to work for other people. So when you're starting out, you can get gigs as a second painter for a mural artist, for example, like... Uh, Guy Harvey, a f really <laughs> famous painter, 
um, I started noticing when I would see Guy Harvey paintings out and about that there would be a second signature on a lot of them. Oh, wow. And so, you know, someone might have came in and made the background and yeah. then he came in and painted the shark on it. Uh-huh. Well, that person that painted the background got paid. Yeah. So, you know, it's something that people are doing. Uh, wedding photographers all the time. I'm friends with a lot of them. will be posting, hey, I'm looking for a second photographer for this wedding. They have totally. a big budget. They need a second shooter. Uh, so, you know, that kind of opportunity is great. Assistant engineer is a title that is not super sexy on a record. Uh, but a lot of albums, there's no, there's an engineer, there's an assistant engineer. Yeah. And a lot of times you can just ask, you can look, Hey, who's doing this kind of stuff? And you can just say, Hey, I see that you're shooting a lot of weddings. If you ever need a second shooter, feel free to let me know. I'm pretty available. Here's a look at my portfolio. You might be surprised how immediately they go, oh, yeah, I actually have one on, you know, October 15th. I was, I was thinking about hiring a second shooter. Come on by. Whatever it is. Yeah. Now, obviously, none of this stuff is guaranteed. But if you're not putting yourself out there as available to work for other people, then you're not going to get that work and someone else is. Yeah. So being open to being number two on a job, I think, is something that a lot of people could learn a lot from and there's a lot of good opportunities there to kind of develop those skills and develop that craft like we talked about earlier. Yeah, and this isn't something that I did a lot of kind of early on and I I think I would have accelerated faster had I done it. I think there's just so much that somebody can learn from being part of someone else's process. So if there's somebody who's been doing what you want to do for the last 10 years, go and offer to help them do what they do. And in the end, you are in in one year going to learn what it took them 10 years to learn. And it's going to help you accelerate way faster. Yeah. So those are kind of the three, I think, immediate steps that someone new to starting an art career can really hammer down on and just say, I'm going to focus on this. There's a lot of distractions out there. But if you can kind of pick things like that, really core values and really work on, I think that will pay huge dividends later on in your career. So as always, thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast. We're on Instagram. If you want to find us on there, it's at Entrepreneur Podcast. And we'll see you next week. See ya.